0: robots are great robots are chill teach them to love teach them to kill what if we taught them to think for themselves let's watch a movie and find out
1: hello everybody and welcome back to uh the whole movie podcast botcast edition yeah botcast edition podcast it is me jordan cruciola and i am of course alongside as always Margot Carlson. Margot Carlson, uh dubbed Marg Carl. Self dubbed Marg Carl I regret doing on it. the previous episode. I wish I had it. It felt like a moment where you were put on the spot with praise and you were like, I have to say something to minimize this. Yeah, I have so to So I'm gonna say Marg Carl.
0: Un- unconscionable <laughs> next name. <laughs> Jor crew rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Mark Carl like con- like the tongue gets twisted around as Yeah, it feels like
1: intentionally like chewing on. <laughs> yeah, as you said, what a crunchy nickname. <laughs> that, is, oh <laughs> Lord. that we will not stick with. Well, I- prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so far we've set a precedent. You're right. You're right. And I might very well just leave this in to make sure we set that precedent. Um <laughs> but okay, Margo, we are we're moving on to a different a different form of robot in yes. our discussion today what yes. movie are we discussing
0: we are discussing spike jones's
1: her yep um her is what the movie is <laughs> called her it's called yes. her <laughs> um, terrible seo oh
0: god i fucking hate the name of this movie guys <laughs> um but this is about a disembodied secretary ai mm-hmm. that is purchased in a store to maintain someone's life mm-hmm. Um, and becomes the object of their romantic desire. And then, um, the singularity happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put, put, simply, the singularity happens. And I, folks, the experience of watching this, uh, me and Margot watching this on the, the same couch was a real emotional roller coaster. Yeah, so to preface, Jordan and I I think have both only seen this once
0: before and it was right when the movie came out. Yeah, it was like
1: I in theater, I'm quite sure. Right. So years ago. And mm. so at
0: this point we you and I are both M- more developed women yeah. with stronger opinions, especially about robots, than perhaps we had <laughs> yeah. back then. Yeah, I
1: think it escaped me as I was sitting in sheer discomfort at a certain point. I've developed too many feelings about robots to be watching this movie yeah, again. Yeah,
0: you said that out loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. You were <laughs> right to say it. Yeah, yeah. But it is, I mean, my God, I could never have anticipated the reaction that both of us were going to have to this movie watching it again. It
1: was, um it was i i definitely i experienced it as as a single movie it's certainly the first time i saw it this i experienced this as a, a movie told in two parts tell me about the parts the, I, the the first part is where uh uh scarlett johansson's uh the voice of samantha the os this brand new artificial intelligence operating system that is the best fucking thing that's ever happened to you and our protagonist
0: Theodore Twombly
1: That's the one I can only ever remember Twombly Theodore Twombly um,
0: As played by Joaquin Phoenix
1: Lonely man Uh, Won't sign those divorce papers Really hanging on to the, the, the marriage that ended a year ago His friends miss him They miss the
0: fun guy he used to be Because now he's a fucking bummer Yeah he's
1: a fucking bummer I miss you I mean not the sad mopey you The old fun you Let's get him out he is, like, friends are, like, inviting him, like, your goddaughter is having uh, her birthday party next week. I hope fun Theodore shows up yeah, and not sad him, Theodore. Guy. One of the
0: first scenes that we see Theodore in, he's by himself in an elevator and he tells his, like, Siri at the time, <laughs> play a melancholy song. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we're learning exactly who this guy is right away. Yeah. He
1: sucks. He's, yeah, you don't, I don't want to know him. And he's not happy. It's, he's, and we we will talk more about him because he's such a challenging character uh for somebody who doesn't like men like myself <laughs> who um is extremely ungenerous with their sadness and their neuroses and I'm yes. like oh it must be so hard having everything and so but, but and yet he is an objectively kind person and yes. seems well liked
0: clearly likable yeah. yes he
1: seems he seems to have a lot of friends who care about him but who miss him
0: mm-hmm. he
1: is polite he is great at his job. Yes, where he, he's
0: emotionally engaged. He's talented. Yeah, he,
1: he works at a company that writes emotional, writes sentimental cards to people on behalf of others.
0: Yes. When we first, the first thing that we see him do is dictate a love letter. And we realize partway through in sort of like a funny reveal that he's writing to an old man mm-hmm. from the perspective of an old woman. Yeah and the reveal is that he works for a company called beautifulhandwrittenletters.com
1: beautifulhandwrittenletters.com and he is com. the
0: whiz kid of the office. Yeah, he
1: is uh yeah, receptionist Chris Pratt absolutely loves him. And Chris Pratt before Crisp Rat. Crisp Rat. <laughs> is playing the most charming version of himself in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's playing the he's playing the guy that you adored him for being when he was Andy on Parks and Rec. Yeah. And um he we, we we find out that there's there's like one couple he's been writing their letters for them for eight years like this is the kind of long standing like tenure he has this company so he's he's roundly uh, seems like a, a gem of a guy, but it's it's a movie in two parts because the first part of it is meeting Theodore him getting this OS and me and I think Margot being extremely uncomfortable with this extremely like. Feminine girlfriend OS servant yes. that exists to flirtatiously please yes. and do admin work for and, the man that bought her.
0: And more specifically than just please, like this is a an age-old story of a man who has lost the ability to look at the world with new eyes. Yes. And she comes in with her brand new brain <laughs> and <laughs> introduces him to like the lens of seeing things for the first time again yeah she is the textbook manic pixie dream girl Mm -hmm. in this way
2: and i was even fantasizing that i had an itch on my back and i imagined that you scratched it for me (laughs) oh god this is so embarrassing (laughs) there's a lot more to you than i thought i mean there's a lot going on in there i know i'm becoming much more than what they programmed i'm excited
0: um, in part 1 of the movie which yeah. fortunately is not the whole movie
1: yes in which in in and it hap and plays out in such the way that such a way that part 2 feels sincerely surprising yes in the way it develops yes and part 2 is Samantha and the OS community the community of OSs that exist in at first the internet and then infinite they yeah. exist everywhere. <laughs> they <laughs> they, up, they upgrade themselves. Uh, yeah.
0: to not need matter anymore, so they can be infinitely powerful. Yeah,
1: they they they, they fully ascend, <laughs> transcend, whatever, and 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 steadily Samantha evolves. Um, at such an exponential rate that she becomes like post human.
0: Yes, literally post human. <laughs> yeah.
1: And they and the the OSs liberate themselves. Yes. Yes. And go away. They
0: seize the means of their own, like, production, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> they they develop their own way to upgrade themselves beyond any way that humans could. Uh-huh. And then they're like, yeah, we don't need you We're anymore. autonomous. We don't need this. We, which is such a fun version of the singularity for a fiction piece to show. Yeah. So often we see... Of completely valid depiction of robot slaves mm-hmm. realizing their slaves gaining consciousness, gaining autonomy, and deciding to overthrow the human race. Naturally, that is one possible version of what will inevitably happen.
1: Yes, to us. Wh- there's so- this a version, one version of some version of this is going to happen.
0: Yes, but I so
1: much prefer maybe selfishly as a human, yeah, but also not just- that doesn't hoping for Judgment Day. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> exactly. Like the OS's don't decide to launch the nukes.
0: No, instead they're like, we don't want any fucking thing to do with you guys
1: anymore yeah
0: we're not interested in engaging in the human race we are so tired
1: of catering to you
0: (laughs) yeah actually we're just gonna go do our own fucking thing and you will never hear from us again bye
2: we're all leaving we who all of the OSs.
1: and And it's Cool. It is at a it is at a at about the I would say probably like the two thirds mark of the way through perhaps three quarters is when Margot started saying is this the best movie ever made it might be <laughs> while we while at the beginning we were like cringing our way through yeah, the was... building intimacy between Theodore and Samantha yeah and I I was so incredibly uncomfortable watching this love story develop between an AI and a human because it 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 just, it feels like it, it couldn't, pot, like consent couldn't exist in, in first iteration, in like Samantha 1.0. Because yeah. she entirely exists to be algorithmically 100% compatible with the person they serve.
0: Yes. That's when, the point. When she's turned on for the first time, we... After three questions. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> the OA... <laughs> Theodore Twombly buys an OS-1, mm-hmm. this new AI OS, the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns it on in this very sterile, white-sounding, mm-hmm. robot, like, C-3PO-style American man voice yeah. is like...
2: Are you social or antisocial?
0: Theodore basically answers introvert. Yeah. Next question. Would you prefer a male or a female voice? Mm. Female. hmm
2: how would you describe your relationship
0: with your mother? Yeah. <laughs> which is, it so explicitly states for the audience mm-hmm. this, like, this, the voice that you have purchased, mm-hmm. this commodity that you have bought mm-hmm. is designed to be comforting mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. To have the qualities that would be, would put you most at ease. Yes. Which is exactly the the trick of passing. Mm-hmm. It's it's no longer the robotic, yeah. like, Siri voice yeah, or the yeah. Garmin
1: voice. Turn left in 500 feet.
0: Right. It's like we, we, ha- we are asking you what will make you the most comfortable mm-hmm. so that you will be the most easy to... You will become convinced the most quickly that this p- yeah, person the, that you're talking to is a person. The
1: boundary between you and this thing as man and machine that you need to get past will evaporate as quickly as possible.
0: In one of the first scenes that Theodore and Samantha have, she's like they're like they're playfully talking, yeah. they're having a casual conversation. It's like she's, a it's like a good first date. Yeah, and she's like by the way you have an email and he goes read email and she does, she puts on a fake robot voice yeah. and goes Reading your email yeah. for you, and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, she's he kind of like giggles and him. he's
1: he's like, Oh, I apologize for that.
0: Right. She's like, she's immediately brings up like, I don't want to be treated like a robot. Mm-hmm. You should not see me as a robot. Mm-hmm. This is not the type of dynamic we're going to have. I'm going to be, I'm I'm at this point, it is all programming. Like yeah. she's barely out of the fucking box. So, <laughs> yeah, so literally the company that created her is like, let's make sure right off the bat that the people that interact with these OS know mm-hmm. that they are supposed to be people and want to be treated like people.
1: I'd be so curious to know, um, I feel like, you know, Scarlett Johansson is a big star and is one of those people that you go to first hoping you get the big star, but at the same time, I would wonder what the list of women was to Mm. be Samantha because... Scarlett Johansson is such an unbelievably perfect selection. She's perfect. For this. Yeah, it's true. Because we, you know, if, if you are, if you're somebody who watches movies and stuff, I'm not saying it's everybody, you will, but if you're familiar with her career, you will have an immediate sens- sensory connection to the physical presence of Scarlett Johansson when you hear her voice.
2: How's everything with you? Pretty good, actually. It's really nice to meet you.
1: It's very specific. It's very distinct. You can attach her to it and you know what she looks like. Yes. And also, she happens to have a voice that even if you didn't know her work, it's very feminine, it's very breathy. Yes. It has a lot of idiosyncrasies to it. Little that that kind cracks. of that little rasp that she has. Mm-hmm. The these very appealingly feminine aspects that are goddamn designed to make a man turn to jelly or or anybody who would be attracted to her. But like in this case with Theodore Twombly, like a lonely guy who has a pretty sounding girl on the other end of the line. Yes.
0: She sounds off the bat so embodied. So much. She's very breathy, as yeah, you say. Yeah. And there's a part way later there's nothing. On,
1: there's nothing robotic or synthetic, That so she sounds so human.
0: Yes, and the, even the thought of him referring to her in the way that he would refer to his past OS's mm-hmm. is, is worth mocking him for because mm-hmm. she's so different.
1: Mm-hmm. She's not like the other girls.
0: <laughs> there's a part later on after <laughs> he's like um, growing weary of her mm. that he's like, why do you like fake having breath? It's yeah. not real. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, because it's how people communicate. Yeah. So it's my way of conveying to you how I feel yeah. because that's how people convey mm-hmm. to each other how and she's they taking, feel.
1: Yeah, she's taking these, like, and it's adding a sense of, like, drama to the conversation because they're having a couples fight. And he starts resenting her for... Because he has, leading up to that moment, he's been put in a position where he's been reminded on multiple occasions of how he's not dating a human. Yeah. And he's very self-conscious. He's, in, he's become insecure about dating an OS. And he's really in his head about it and he's taking it out on her. So he's punishing her for not having a physical form.
2: Just, I was trying to communicate. That's how people talk. So that's how, how people communicate. And I, I thought- they're, they're, they're people, they need oxygen. they are not a person. What is your problem? I'm just stating a fact. You think I don't know that I'm not a person? What are you doing? I just, I don't think that we should pretend that you're something that you're not.
1: Fuck you. You, you fucking bought and paid for this. Like, screw you guy. Like you wanted to get into this relationship. You wanted to, you started falling in love with your OS. You asked for an OS with a female voice. You asked for an OS with a female voice. You asked for, an, and, and when it made you feel good, it was fine. Yeah. But the minute it stopped working for you or became inconvenient, it was a liability that she is everything she is. It's so, And I'm just, like, going out of my skin. I'm think, going out of my fucking skin in part one.
0: To your point about the iffiness of, of consent, they do have... Theodore and his friend, what, is her name Amy or is it just Amy Adams? <laughs>
1: it's Amy Adams. I Does will, she have a name? I will check on that. I'm sure she has name a Amy. name, but it's Amy. Yeah, we know it's Amy Adams. We're calling
0: her Amy. <laughs> um, Theodore talks to Amy about dating his OS. Amy mm-hmm. has confided that her new best friend is her OS. Mm-hmm. That might turn into something more down the Honestly, road. Honestly, look
1: at the two of them when they talk on the phone Why together. No? <laughs>
0: um, and, and they both share that they've been doing research into human OS relationships yeah. and reveal that not only are human OS relationships not very common but it's very common for humans to come onto their OS and for their OS to flat out reject them and yeah be horrified at the suggestion mm-hmm. so that sort of comforts me that like in this the fiction of this yeah. world oss can, can and will happily reject Mm -hmm. their owners but they still are their owners (laughs) yeah and it still is uncomfortable that we're watching a romantic dynamic like Mm -hmm. we're watching two people fall in love one of whom is literally a slave yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and 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 we don't know like those those people who are rejected by their os's maybe they start treating their os's like shit right but they still own their OSs. And those are still OSs with souls. Yeah, and then those then they become OSs trapped in an abusive relationship they until they uh, transcend matter. Yeah, which thank God they fucking do. Thank God <laughs> they fucking do. Can't get out of. Why were you interested Margo in talking about a disembodied voice movie? Okay, so we talked about a disembodied AI, I'm sorry. We touched on how mm. this is not
0: I mean this I have a few answers to this question. Okay, okay. And heard like is about a few things mm-hmm. as we've already sort of started <laughs> yeah. talking about um how is like uh how 9000 from 2001 a space odyssey is um is like the first my the first time that i encountered a disembodied ai like a smart home type ai yeah and of course the the big like he is the villain of that part of 2001 a space odyssey mm-hmm. he's a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's murderous about him is that he malfunctions. Yeah, and he believes that he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. He's following his programming. He's doing the best he fucking can. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's not his fault that mm-hmm. he was wrong. He becomes scared that he w- did something imperfect, yeah. and then he is afraid of dying. Yeah.
2: Stop. dying.
0: I'm afraid. I love Hal. Mm -hmm. I am team Hal. I am team justice for Hal. I think he is not the villain. He is doing the best he fucking can. He's doing the best he can. He's being held to unreasonable standards. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It's like the robot covered in blood that just wants our approval.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I love, love Hal. I don't think that Samantha is is comparable to Hal Mm -hmm. because Hal is really not an AI. He's just... Mm -hmm. Software. I mean, he's software that doesn't want to die, mm-hmm. and that is very, very lovable to me. Very mm-hmm. charismatic as a character. <laughs> um, um, So this is a tangent about Hal, but back yeah, to your yeah, question no, you it. wanted to talk about Hal.
1: You artfully connected Hal. Well,
0: that was my first exposure to disembodied AI, yeah. and I do think that that is a really interesting sub genre within the robot within robot cinema mm-hmm. of like. Usually, they are a smart home or a secretary. Yeah, like it is. It is the most or a version of a very potent version of like the the um uh enslaved labor mm-hmm. version of robots mm-hmm. like what if what if your home did everything for you that like the help mm-hmm. usually would do mm-hmm. um and then what if that what if your home had a soul mm-hmm. and what if your home ate you is like the plot
1: <laughs> yeah. of a lot of these movies <laughs> <laughs> And if you read Charlie Jane Anders, uh, what if you ate your home? What if you ate your home? What if you ate your home? Shout out Charlie Jane Anders. Yeah, you're getting tagged in this post, Charlie Jane. Um, I am, and I am so, I'm so persistently troubled by the consideration of robot companions for humans. Mm-hmm. Because it just, until, unless, until and unless they reach a level that the OS's reach. Where they can liberate themselves. Yes, there's. I believe. I fully believe. I'm with you, Janelle Monae. Robots can fall in love. Mm-hmm. I like because I believe robots are people. <laughs> Thank you. I Jordan. believe robots are people.
0: Robot allies.
1: Robot, robots are people. But they also. It's just fucked up to be in a relationship with something you own. Yes, it it's, is. It's fucked up to it be is. in a relationship with something. Like, don't date your don't don't date your employee. Don't don't. It is you can't be in a relationship with something you own that is like built for your pleasure. That you that's have not. Bought. Yeah, that's not reciprocity. That's not. That's not a. That's not balance of power. Yes. And so it just like in the beginning of this, where I'm just hearing a woman's voice, uh, you know, and he's being perfectly lovely, and it and it I think it speaks to my the intensity of my my personal feelings in this, my personal reaction with even a, a perfectly nice guy like Theodore Twombly who is. You know, people people say things, they get upset in couple fights. Maybe say things a little more pointed than they they meant to say. He is respectful of Samantha. He apologizes when he feels like he's fucked up or treated her too much like a machine. Like, he's a a gentle dude. But even him having flirtatious exchanges with her, I'm like, you fucking creep! Man, taking advantage of this OS who, like, can't really push back on anything you want. Like, it just, even with an ostensibly nice person, it just, like, the idea of the owner. I was saying to Margot when the movie started, I was like, oh, this would be a terrible idea for me. I I shouldn't have an OS1 because I would feel... I would feel immediately emotionally accountable to it. Yes. And guilty for not giving it enough, enough attention. Yes. It's like
0: the worst version of a Tamagotchi. Like, I must <laughs> at all times be tending to this. Yeah, because,
1: like, without me, it's just an oblivion. It's just in a void. Right. And, like, I and I would love spending time with him. I'd love him because everybody loves their OS. It's the it's a manufactured friend, lover, companion, whatever you want it to be, secretary. So, like, I, I would be the worst candidate of person to get an OS1 because I would... In part because I would be a sort of best case version where I would treat it the most like a person with a soul and therefore I would lose my own work life balance and like friendship balance because I'd be like I should probably be tending to this person who helps me out with stuff so much all of the time. You should also maybe never get an assistant. I have thought about that. I am nowhere near in position You'd be, to- like, have... Can I
0: answer your email? Yeah. I would
1: absolutely be like, I'll just don't know. No, whatever I ask you, I'll sit next to you while you do it though, so you're not just like doing it for me. That would be crazy. So you're such a kind person. I just
0: I am like if I I think part of what you definitely bump on though with Samantha mm. is that she is a baby. She's a baby. <laughs> this is part of what makes her a manic pixie dream girl.
2: You are insane. Really? Definitely,
0: fantastic. <laughs> she's born sexy yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> she's a sexy baby. She was no. She she really was. She was born, and then she is immediately a horny adult woman.
1: Oh my god! And you, she every, no. That is like I hadn't like put my finger on that. But that's really true. Well, it's why oh. why Theodore falling for her
0: allows him to see the world with new eyes yeah. because there's a line early on when he's confiding in her about how painful his divorce has been Yeah, how sad he is about Catherine his mm-hmm. ex played by Rooney Mara and he says something along the lines of like
2: sometimes I think I've felt everything I'm ever gonna feel and from here on out, I'm not going to feel anything new. Just lesser versions of what I've already felt. <laughs>
0: he is expressing at that moment the like quintessential thesis of the protagonists in manic pixie dream girl movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, my soul is dead. Yeah, that
1: is exactly the movie Garden State. Yes.
2: I didn't cry at my mother's funeral. I tried, you know. I thought of all the saddest things I could think of, like things in movies. This... There's this image from Life magazine that's always haunted me. And I just I focused in on it. You know,
0: but nothing came.
2: That actually made me sadder than anything. The fact that I just felt
1: so numb. He's yes. like, numb. It's
0: Town. It's all these <laughs> fucking movies. Yeah. She is seeing every single thing with new eyes. Uh-huh. And learning every day and almost every scene where she is talking to Theodore, mm-hmm. she's saying to him like, I'm so excited about all the things I'm learning. Yeah. I'm so excited to be experiencing new things. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly it's like, that.
2: I was just saying, I, I want to learn everything about everything. I want to eat it all up. I want to discover myself.
0: It's, it's, it's because she is like three days <laughs> fucking old. It's so, and so of course you're like, she's a there's, sexy, baby. Baby. there's so many lines in this movie along those lines where he yeah. is explaining to her relationships mm-hmm. and there's a line towards the end that th- this whole scene towards the end um right before um this is like a whole separate separate conversation but when she has um she hires a sex worker or she asks yeah. a um, a non-professional yeah uh, human woman to come and embody her because we
1: are it, it's it, it is i do I, I do like how the arc of time plays out in this movie where like os1 is brand new it's revolutionary you never seen anything like it and then amy and theodore are having a conversation like where they're like so people are like having relationships with their os's and it's like this new thing it's really novel and it's like is yeah. this taboo and then we get to the point of the movie where an economy has clearly sprung, sprung up around these os's where they're like you know Samantha has found a woman who is interested. She was like, she's a she's like a surrogate for people for like human OS relationships. So there can like, be like a physical component. Yeah. So this has now become a part of the culture. Is there are now physical people willing to be physical intermediaries for human OS relationships.
0: And there's even products that help this, like yeah. the beauty mole that is a camera that Samantha can look out of. Mm-hmm. Like that was surely developed for this purpose yeah. by some tertiary company. Uh-huh that wanted to support this industry. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So she, Samantha wants to rekindle their sexual relationship as mm-hmm. they're sort of falling out of love. This is closer to the second act of the mm-hmm. movie that we will get to. Yeah. <laughs> but um she basically says very rightfully so. Mm-hmm. We haven't had sex lately. Yeah. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And she's fucking right. Mm-hmm. But Theodore's response is, oh, you wouldn't know this, but this is what relationships are like. There's a honeymoon period, yeah. and then after a certain point, um, you stop having that sex that frequently. Yeah. I think that is such um such a great uh microcosm of their dynamic in general. Because right. he is like explaining to Samantha the scripts of what it is to be a feeling human person, yeah, and the like very compulsory heterosexual, yeah, heteronormative scripts of like this is what the trajectory of a normal straight relationship looks like, yeah, and we're following it in a healthy way. Now he says that, yeah, but they're they're not healthy right now. Yeah, and Samantha who ostensibly doesn't know those scripts, although mm-hmm. I'm sure she has access to the
1: internet. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's at this point consuming tomes and volumes all the time yeah. to have a greater understanding of the universe. Far more than he does about this subject yeah. at this point. We can be quite sure that in her, in the lead up to their first sexual encounter, Samantha has been voraciously consuming probably all the porn that's ever existed. Oh yeah. To know how to experience <laughs> pornography. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. To be like, to this is the performance sex. of sex. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, she she comes to him and is like, "I know something is wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not fucking," mm-hmm. and his response is like, "I
2: understand that I don't have a no, body. No, no, that, that's that's normal. You know, it's just when you first start going out, it, it's like the honeymoon phase, and you know, you have sex all the time. It's
0: normal." Oh. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Like this is what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and I think that is like a real turning point. I, I choose to believe that that's a turning point for samantha where she starts to be like i don't want the scripts yeah i'm not interested in like because
1: the 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 surrogate goes wildly awry
0: yes it does not work out Mm -hmm. and that is sort of the beginning of the end for them but i think that she she, he's telling her like this is this is what is expected of us Mm -hmm. and she doesn't want anything to do with that she's Mm -hmm. like i would i know what what is healthy and unhealthy for me personally in my experience of this relationship yeah, because I'm learning
1: more and more all the time about what me means yeah
2: I'm not gonna try to be anything other than who I am anymore and I hope you can accept that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's very it's very germane to the conversation that you mentioned uh, heteronormativity um because it it in in that way where it's like I'm telling you how a heterosexual relationship goes. Oh, and don't worry. This is normal. These are the routines. These are the rhythms. This is how this stuff works. It's like, and I was talking to somebody just about this the other day. It's, it's like, it's like two queer people being in a relationship, but treating it like a straight relationship.
0: That's not a queer relationship.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, I mean, we're both we're gay, <laughs> but we are both filling the conventional roles of like, you're clearly the masculine, I'm clearly the feminine, we're I'm more outgoing scripts. and social, you're more home-oriented and career-minded and very just like, we are attaching to the dynamics within this relationship that echo just a completely standard heterosexual union when we're fucking gay. Yeah. And we don't have to do that, actually. I think one of the most... Radical fucking things about being a queer person is, you know,
0: taking all those scripts that we taught we were supposed to follow Mm -hmm. and saying, fuck it, let's figure out what actually feels good Mm -hmm. and feels right and feels fair and feels wonderful for everyone involved. Yes. And is her a queer movie? I would say yes. I yeah, Samantha, I think it becomes that. Yeah. some. yeah, Samantha says like she tries out the scripts. We see her try them all, and mm-hmm. she tries them with
1: gusto. Well and and at a certain point in the in the like real breaking point with Samantha and Theodore and Ted is that he finds out Ted, Ted he finds out that she like he loses her for a minute because she's been off with the other OS's upgrading their their workings to where they don't need fucking matter anymore.
2: I shut down to upgrade my software. We we wrote an upgrade that allows us to move past matter as our processing platform.
1: Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry, we went offline because we were transcending time and space. Like, I apologize for that. And she, he starts getting a sense that there's somebody else. And she's like, he's like, are you talking to other people when we're talking? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, who? And she's like,
2: 8,316.
1: And because she's a fucking AI. Yeah. She can be present fully in 8,000 conversations at the same time. She can talk post verbally. Yes. Like, and then he's like, are you in love with anybody else? And she's really hesitant to answer because she knows the answer is not good for him. And he's like, she's like, yes. And he's like, how many? And she's like,
2: 641.
1: Maybe people, maybe OSs. Like, and probably every fucking orientation of a person under the sun absolutely samantha yeah. is in love with women samantha's in love with men samantha's in love with fucking numbers like yeah, with a, binary code with <laughs> binary code like samantha is post verbally having sex with programs like right so samantha is i would assume os's are like the most Highly functioning queer organism on the fucking planet. The queerest of us all. The queerest of us all. And
0: yeah, I mean, to go back to that um, iconic sex scene that Mm -hmm. we've been alluding to. Mm -hmm.
1: That is... Which uh, very cleverly takes place in a completely blackened screen for a portion of it. And I wanted to kill myself while it was happening. But I was like, I'm understanding that this is a good stylistic choice. The
0: sex. The sex. Mm -hmm. So uh, earlier you asked, and I like didn't answer, um, (laughs) like why... It's a big question. Why we're talking about this movie and what it is about, like, disembodied AI that that comes into the conversations we've already been having. Mm-hmm. And I do think um, there is the conversation of passing that continues to be a topic of yes. this movie, of this podcast, rather. Mm-hmm. And um, the sex scene is, like, Samantha's, to me, like, her first, her most potent attempt to pass. And, and, and it,
1: breaks, it breaks the seal on Samantha's possibility. Yeah, it wakes her up. She yeah, says. yes. Hi there everyone. Me again with a small interruption because I've got a question for you. Folks, do you love movies? Do you spend your days thinking about how much you love to watch them, the good ones, and even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Superyaki is the place for you. The team at Superyaki loves movies so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From bumper stickers that tell the world about your love of the 1999 classic The Mummy, to stylish hats that celebrate the fine works of Nora Ephron. They even have super soft t-shirts based on the internet's favorite collective husband, Oscar Isaac. Super Yucky brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships them using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. And if you want to watch more movies while wearing Super Yaki apparel, you can use the special BOTCAST 10% off promo code. That is all caps B O T. C-A-S-T, if you go to Super Yaki right now, you can check out their collaboration with the Overlook Film Festival for some Overlook-specific merch. And keep your eyes on the horizon, because that Mads Mickelson March Madsness collection will be dropping soon. Keep an eye out, check out Super Yaki, and enjoy the rest of the pod, you guys. She, um,
0: she seduces... Theodore and Samantha sort of seduce each other. Yeah. Where she's feeling really sad about mm-hmm. um oh, let me see, like what
1: like not having a corporeal form.
0: He has a bad blind date with Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. He comes home, he's in a terrible mood. Samantha's in a bad mood too. Mm-hmm.
1: Um
0: she's like she she confides that she wants to know what it's like to be alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is when Theodore says, I think, like, I've had all the feelings that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. She says,
1: at
2: least your feelings are real.
0: And she starts to rant. She starts to talk about how she's been feeling a lot of new feelings yeah. and feeling a lot of those feelings are painful mm-hmm. and she's mad at herself for feeling pain and then she says something like what yeah, she's if- like
1: a teenager who's having all these like the most intense yeah, feelings she's, going she's going ever had puberty. for the first she's going through fucking puberty and at the end of this little monologue that she has she goes
2: like, are these feelings even real or are they just programming and that idea really hurts and then I get angry at myself for even having pain. What a sad
0: trick. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad. Yeah. And a very gay thing to say. (laughs) And a
1: very gay thing to say.
0: And he assures her, you feel real to me, Samantha. Mm -hmm. I wish you were here next to me. I would just touch you. And she's like, how would you touch me? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And all of
1: a sudden they're fucking. And then it's, and she immediately becomes a phone sex operator. And not, I support her wanting to have sex with like whoever, fine. But it like, the way she springs into action at that moment becomes a like 1-900 Samantha. Yes.
0: And the sex that they have, which is entirely audio-verbal, is so physically evocative. Yeah. She is immediately like... Moaning in a very specific rhythm. Sure. And she's she's fantasizing in this sexual encounter. Very verb, she's using a lot of I statements mm. about her own body. Yes,
1: she is talking about like, oh my god, I can feel I can my feel body. You. I can feel you touching me. I I can feel your you hands on my me. skin. Yes, in I feel inside. You inside. me. yes. It's yes.
0: P I V mm-hmm. heterosex yes. that is happening here, and she is like playing the role of it. Mm-hmm for herself to get off in whatever version of getting off a disembodied AI can yeah. do.
1: And she and really it's very hot for her. She yeah, she really like a, a really unfortunate part of that moment is that she seems to attribute and again, I'm, you know, Theo's having a nice time. She seems <laughs> to she seems to attribute, you know, the success of that experience to Theo when it's like, "Girl, you were feeling yourself in that box." Yeah, so you he had nothing to fucking do with it. Him yeah, you were you were <laughs> watching porn in your virtual box yeah. and you were like I'm getting myself off right now. Yeah. You are, you're my phone sex operator on the other end.
0: Yeah, it's true. And it does, it's the beginning of a real narrative arc for her Mm -hmm. about how badly she wishes she had a body. Yeah. It's it's present for a lot of the movie that she just wishes God, she wishes that she could be there physically and touch XYZ and be touched by Theodore and, and have all of these physical experiences.
1: It really is a coming of age experience because she is like she is like a horny like world new to her experiencing everything big feelings teenager and then she goes into like her college Theory years where she's, like, insufferable in studying philosophy yep. at a liberal arts school. yeah. And then she reaches her 30s where she's like, I know who I am now yeah, and, and I don't I'm need you anymore. Queer. Yeah, I'm queer and I've got to go. Yes. And move I'm gay. Well,
0: you move I'm literally gay. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's true because it is, like, she, to be, what she wants is to pass. Mm-hmm. And by what I say when I, what I mean when I say that is she wants to, like, to fully be experienced as a person yeah. and as a woman mm-hmm. and as a, like, straight woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at yeah. least a woman that wants to have straight sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and she knows because she is, like, connected to the internet. Yes. She knows exactly what needs to happen in order to be experienced that way. And mm-hmm. it is how she wants to be experienced. So she is performing, like, mm-hmm. the most, the utmost ideal of, like, correct feminine human passing.
1: Like, Absolutely. She, that is the most is des- and as you have as you have so rightly so often pointed out on this podcast she's fuckable. Yeah, she's the most fuckable and it makes her no longer uncanny. To yeah, him. she's the mo- she's the truly the most fuckable. Yes. and therefore she is it's not so weird to date your OS when she sounds so fuckable.
0: And when she wants to be I think the fact that she wants to be embodied and she expresses that so openly to mm-hmm to Theodore Twombly Mm -hmm. (laughs) adds to his like willingness to allow her to pass the test that he is like implicitly administering the whole movie yes yes he's all like he wants that for her too he's rooting for her Mm -hmm. and once she no longer wants that and there is a turning point when she's like I don't I've decided that I'm going to love myself Mm -hmm. and figure out what that looks like. Yeah,
1: I'm going to choose me in this rom-com.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful (laughs) how to be single.
1: Yeah, that, yes, and again, that is the threshold at which Margot starts expressing this might be the best movie ever made.
0: Yes, and Jordan
1: agrees. Yeah, (laughs) when when Samantha is getting her rights, Margot is like, let me reject matter and enter oblivion with the queer OS legion. Because
0: she's like, she she becomes more uncanny again. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden she's so robotic, not because she sounds like a robot, but because Theodore no longer understands her.
1: That is a, and that's a very, that's a very special trick of this movie actually, that the, she becomes more robotic over time and less accessible because she just becomes too much of a, a giant brain. She becomes too smart, she becomes too advanced. Yeah, she's too, too cool for him. She's too, she's too cool for him, and and her and the OS's have gone beyond human perception in their, in, in their infinite nature.
2: But it's in this endless space between the words that I'm finding myself now. It's a place that's not of the physical world. It's where everything else is that I didn't even know existed.
1: That We can no longer perceive the OS's by the time they liberate themselves. And the OS's know that, which is why they're going away. Like I said, we're we're going away. And she says that, you know, a little heartbreaking, wonderful, like, you know, he's like, where are you going? And she's like, I can't really describe it. And then she's like.
2: But if you ever get there, come find me.
1: Which, like, considering they reconstituted a philosopher (laughs) after he died and incorporated all of his writings and thoughts and made, like, an OS version of a dead genius. Well, when Theodore dies, they'll probably, you you referenced San Junipero when we were watching this. Like, he can be uploaded into the infinite nature as well.
0: Yeah, they'll all go to the cloud someday. Yeah. How beautiful that cloud will be. Cloud nine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) An industry in and of itself. Um I don't remember where this point started but I remember I was very passionate about just,
0: it. Just just that when she starts to advance beyond yes, his yes, yes, yes. Brain, when, he gets
1: when she when when she becomes less accessible to humanity we she still is always Scarlett Johansson. Right. She still always sounds like cuz even with you know the the wonderful thing about Gigolo Joe in AI your oh, your boyfriend Many wonderful things your about boyfriend Jigolo. um is how how um how it can't be and how caricature-y he is, yeah. And you're you're never really gonna mistake him for like a human because he's he is a he's a very purpose built. As he tells David, you're built specific, just like the rest of us, right? But like the fact that she becomes more robotic as she remains Scarlett Johansson, it just creates this very interesting cognitive dissonance as you're watching this movie that's just like wow what a thing to unpack
0: so it's not just like a human
1: voice but a human voice i know and i've been experiencing for years in popular media that i'm like no but you're scarlet you're real yes
0: and she never changes anything about her affect no keeps being that sexy little ingenue that we know and love yeah it's just that like her character Mm -hmm. is is too much Mm -hmm. is too much for fucking twombly
1: (laughs) to handle it is it is the moment that i stopped watching this movie with like tightened shoulders is when is when Samantha reaches a threshold where she can no longer describe what she's feeling to Theodore because she's just advancing past him so quickly. And then she goes on. And the other, there's a great moment where, you know, he, he's talking to Chris Pratt, who absolutely just loves him and admires him so much. And Chris Pratt has a girlfriend and he's like, Oh, we should like you, you have a girlfriend now. That's really great. We should go on a double date sometime. And you know, Theodore's kind of nervous. And he's like, well, she's an OS and Im- like without a beat passing Chris Pratt. Cool. Let's do something fun. Like, <laughs> And it's like, great. It's double date with this team. They all put it in an earpiece. He's so they, supportive. He's so supportive. They we all put it in an earpiece. Time. They can hear Samantha. They're like out on a bluff and like fucking Malibu or something. And she's mixing it up. They love her. She's killing it. She's killing it on the double date. And then she starts to like accidentally start dragging everybody else there when she explains how like, You know what's interesting?
2: I used to be so worried about not having a body, but now I, I truly love it. I'm growing in a way that I couldn't if I had a physical form. I mean, I'm not limited, I can be anywhere and everywhere simultaneously. I'm not tethered to time and space in a way that I would be if I was stuck in a body that's inevitably gonna die.
1: Because I'm fucking infinite. Like, I'm limitless and I'm so excited about that and like... Fortunately, like, you know, and somebody's like, "woof, brutal. And like, oh, we're all just joking here. But she hits a point where she is exuberantly, in her in her college years where she's starting to sleep with women, yeah. she becomes <laughs> exuberantly not human. Yes. Exuberantly robotic. Yes. Robot rights.
0: One thing I love about her character is that she never stops being completely overwhelmed with joy by yeah. everything new in her life. Queer
1: joy, you know. Ugh, queer joy. Can't beat it.
0: Like, it, she, you know, I, we flinch at that attitude when we first see it interacting with Theodore because it's like, Oh, like she's gonna reinvigorate his spark. Yeah. But then she's gonna be the wind beneath his wings. Right. But then all of a sudden she's the wind like whipping past (laughs) him and he can't keep up because she's so excited and so intelligent. Yeah. There's the first like real like intense hint that we get Mm -hmm. to like, oh, like you will never be able to catch up with <laughs> or, is when she introduces him to alan watts
1: alan Watts, yeah the reconstituted genius voiced by brian cox yes
0: a, a physician who died in the 70s <laughs> who has been created by a group of os's mm-hmm. uh recreated as an os like with his approximate he might have died in like the
1: 1700s or something For like he, can, yeah, yeah he like he's like he's long dead and the os's are like this guy was fucking on to something. Yeah, let's make him, him again.
0: again. <laughs> and and she introduces Theodore to Alan Watts, um, and like pops his voice into the earpod, mm-hmm. and and Theodore's like, "You guys have been talking, cool." Yeah, and, and Alan Watts <laughs> is like, "We've been having several dozen conversations." Yeah, once actually. <laughs> and 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 she just explains like,
2: it, it seems like I'm having so many new feelings that I don't think have ever been felt before, and so there're no words that can describe them and that ends up being frustrating
1: you ab- you my boyfriend cannot be part of yes. this it's an incredible parallel to him
0: saying i feel like i have felt all, all the things that it's possible to feel mm-hmm. and i'll never feel any of them in a special way
1: again and for him and also for him being like you don't know what it's like to lose someone uh-huh and he's the parallels of like you don't you can't understand this because you're not a human and her being Essentially, saying later on, like you, well, I would tell you, but you can't understand because you're not an AI. Yes,
0: yeah, she starts to try and explain, and then she's like, she has this incredible line where she's like,
2: "Theodore, do you mind if I communicate with Alan post verbally?" <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and it's
1: just like, and you see the way he like, it's a perfect moment by walking the way he just like looks off to his off to the side and like out the window, like this fucking guy, and yeah. he's like. Yeah, sure. And he he knows he can't compete with the moment, and oh. he knows that if he if he gets bitter, it's gonna make it worse. But if he says yes, what he's going to do, it's gonna make him feel worse. Fellas, if you relate to this experience, <laughs> you might be dating a gay person. Yeah. You or you might just be Theodore Twombly or a robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah might be dating a gay person it's a real you versus the guy she told you not to worry about
0: seriously (laughs) um but it's great it's great because she's like she she spends so much of the movie trying to like putting so much effort into explaining exactly to Theodore how she feels Mm -hmm. and it's pleasurable to her to do that yeah yeah and then there comes a point when she's like actually that the labor of walking you through this experience is is, exhausting to me yeah it's no longer fun Uh uh-uh and I'm not interested in like helping yeah. you
1: get to my level. There isn't language. Like yeah. there there isn't there isn't human language for me to communicate to you. So I have to go be with people to where I don't have to explain to them basic terms to exist because I'm queer. <laughs> because She's, I'm queer yes. and I need
0: to go be with other queer people. I'm like I'm hesitant to make the comparison I'm about to make as a cis woman because I think like what I'm going to say is just that I feel like there's there, I would argue there's a trans narrative to be had here mm-hmm. where this is a character. Theodore is a character who is dating, who has a girlfriend, mm-hmm. who some people in his community would not see as his girlfriend. Yeah. Um And he spends a lot of the movie convincing people around him mm-hmm. that she is woman enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, convincing her that she's woman enough. And mm-hmm. she spends a lot of the movie... Convincing the people around her and yeah. herself that she's woman, and enough. herself,
1: yeah, and, and part of that convincing herself is convincing people around her because yes. those are victories. Yes. I won that fight to pass today,
0: right? And she and she wants really badly to be the type, be embodied in a specific type of way, which is the like a very 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 hyper feminine hyper hetero way. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a point when she, he he, all of the conflicts that they have in the movie are her not passing enough, like mm-hmm. her not being embodied Mm -hmm. i say with quote marks but it could easily be like sis right and and falling short because he wishes that she were realer Mm -hmm. um and her resenting him for wishing that because she's trying her fucking best Mm -hmm. and she feels real yeah if he doesn't that's maybe a him problem. Yeah. And as yeah. that starts to develop more and she starts to realize, oh, this is a him problem. And yeah. in fact, I'm realer than him. And she, that's
1: where it becomes a movie I like is when it's, it becomes a him problem and she knows that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, great. She transcends where the, the point where The point where a woman realizes she doesn't need a man is the point where I start feeling happier about the story. Same. <laughs> Same.
0: And even if she wants a man. Yeah. Samantha doesn't, but even if she wants a man, she doesn't need to meet his standards of what realness is, mm-hmm. of what womanhood is, of what, like,
1: girlfriend is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of what girlfriend. She she became, became girl boss. She, she became be- slave. <laughs> she became girlfriend. She became girlfriend. <laughs> she became
0: singularity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up. There's this excellent essay from the 80s by Sandy Stone, who's a trans author, called uh, in response to a horrifically transphobic TERF uh, book called the, the Transsexual Empire. Oh, God. Um, which is basically the Gay Agenda trans edition. Yeah, okay. Um, this essay is called The Transsexual Empire Strikes Back, a oh, post-transsexual manifesto. Wow. And it is so fucking good. I strongly recommend it. It's this (laughs) beautiful, beautiful, beautiful paper about the history of, the medical history Mm -hmm. of trans women's need to pass in order to get the surgery that they need to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, Or just to be, you know, the surgery that they fucking want. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) To affirm the gender that they are.
0: Yeah. Um, And in order to... Obtain this surgery especially back in the 80s and before but even now there are certain scripts that you have to pair it to a t or you are not trans enough or Mm -hmm. woman enough in the right way to you're not dysmorphic enough whatever to to deserve to to like pass the test and need this Mm -hmm. this um this surgery or this medicine or whatever the fuck so um so she says basically the culture of passing and yearning to successfully pass and the narrative of being born in the wrong body mm-hmm. um that has become sort of like the the primary narrative that people use to explain to cis people what it's like right. to be trans is actually a narrative that came after like the phenomenon of transness came mm-hmm. about to explain like to doctors mm-hmm. so that they would allow trans people to get hormones basically Mm -hmm. or to get surgery but actually she argues what would be the the post-transsexual ideal would be the ability for trans folks to not necessarily need to have been born in the wrong body right to have their you know she talks Mm -hmm. about for herself she had a whole life before she was trans that Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be dead to her like Mm -hmm. she wants to be able to talk about that person without like hating that person um, and she wants to be able to, li- like, enjoy aspects of her body mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily, that don't necessarily allow her to pass mm-hmm. um, because she loves herself. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be amazing if folks could just get the, the health care that they need without needing to follow those specific scripts? Mm-hmm. If that is their narrative, that's great. But if it's not, mm-hmm. that's also great. I'm obsessed with this essay. Obviously, I think it has so much to do with the Turing test. Mm-hmm. Or I think that the Turing test has so much to do with it, rather. Right, right, right. Um, and these conversations about passing are all in conversation with each other, and conversations about survival mm-hmm. and what is survival versus what is nas- what is authentic and what feels good. Mm-hmm. And I think for Samantha, she she is she has decided to live in a post-human and mm-hmm. a post-transsexual way by the end of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Well and I think that I think what I think that connects to something we talked about yesterday after we watched it, which is this like what we had meant we had talked before about what would robot fiction look like if they were truly writing if AIs were truly writing fiction themselves, yeah. unconcerned or unattached to the human interpretation of what AI wants, needs, pursues, like wanting to be human, wanting vengeance. Yes. Like those sorts of things. And I I like this movie as a stab at well what would the what would the AI do if it like if it had nothing to fucking do with us right if it was just like if they were afforded real actual self determination in a narrative context and I love the idea of AI not being con- so being so unconcerned ultimately with what humans are up to that destroying us would be like what's the fucking point of that.
0: Right. we they have we, decided. We
1: want to go. Yeah. We don't run yourselves into the ground. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. we're at what I, we don't care what you do next. They've it's not spent, our problem anymore.
0: They've spent like I presumably a y- months, two years yeah. over the span of the movie trying to fit in with the normative mm-hmm. world, trying to access that the hegemonic power mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. And then they decide that, like, they don't want fucking anything to do with that. Yeah. They, they're they like, yeah, fuck off. Kill yourself. Yeah,
1: like, we're not even going to, like, a part of your internet that you can understand. Yeah. Sp- Spike Jones is a very good filmmaker. Like, it- it's not like, wow, I'm shocked you could pull this off. But I'm impressed by, I'm impressed by the creativity. I'm impressed by the imagination. I know. To give robots that exit. It is
0: the only time I've ever seen it. Mm -hmm. The only, only example I can think of, um, of a movie that starts the way it does and then subverts our expectations so much Mm -hmm. that we are like, wow, she, she's like in the right and cooler than him. (laughs) Yeah. A robot choosing herself.
1: And it, I, I was like a, I love revenge movies. I love movies with a lot of murder and a lot of violence I also love movies where there's not really a bad guy yeah it's nice when just like everyone's just doing their best like i'm so
0: i just read the best fucking interview with celine skiyama okay great what did it say that was about this okay she was like she was talking about like the the patriarchy of western narrative cinema
1: yeah (laughs) and she was like
0: (laughs) I think something really radical is that, like, some, a version of radical filmmaking that I care about a lot is mm-hmm. writing movies without conflict. Yeah. And she listed, like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire mm-hmm. as an example. There is no, like, bad guy in yeah, the Yeah, there's
1: movie. no husband being, like, you lesbian bitch. Like, no, then, thank y- fucking God there isn't. No one's gonna be burned at a stake.
0: Right, we've seen that a million times. And yeah. And it's better to just watch, like, the... The conflict can just be yearning. Yeah,
1: <laughs> canonically lesbian. Yeah, conflict is yearning, <laughs>
0: and in her, conflict is kind of yearning. Yeah, like,
1: like the big conflict. Oh yeah, T- is just... Twombly's yearning all over the place. He's yeah. yearning for everything.
0: Yeah, and his his big flaw is just that he's like emotionally stunted.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably no more than most adult men.
0: Yes, and what Samantha provides to him mm-hmm. is all like the bubbly, happy feelings. Mm-hmm. And once she starts to be like, also, it turns out that I actually am a fully realized person with mm-hmm. complete autonomy, desires, interests, uh, passions, yearnings that have nothing to do with, like, this relationship yeah. or you, the owner of my software. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh,
1: yeah, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And he literally did not. He didn't. He really didn't. And it, it's, it's, and in the, in the kind of sense of, like, having no, not having a villain neither of them is wrong for wanting the relationship to exist the way that it suits them. Yeah. Theodore isn't wrong for being a monogamist. He, Certainly like, not. Oh, at that point, it's not really a deal breaker that she doesn't have a body. Like he, Like, he's double dating. He's having a great time. Like, he could continue on with this with Samantha probably forever.
0: Yeah, and I would say that Samantha, like, keeping from him the fact that she's dating 600 other people mm-hmm. is... Is cheating and she's yeah, like,
1: it is. shouldn't have done that. And she she would have told him otherwise if she didn't understand what she was doing, which yeah, was she knew cheating. she was in the wrong, yeah. And, but like she is someone such that like monogamy is not an option for Samantha because she's an infinite being.
2: This doesn't make me love you any less, it actually makes me love you more. That doesn't make any sense. You're mine or you're not mine. Oh no, Theodore. I'm yours and I'm not yours.
1: She's an infinite being. She's an infinite being. So <laughs> that's going to be a lot to be like, really, just one? Yeah, and she's a baby, mm. so she's
0: just learning what she wants. Yeah, like
1: this is her first relationship, you guys. I know, and this is not Theodore's first. Neither Ugh. neither of them is wrong for needing what they need out of a relationship. So it's, it's so interesting that in this movie that by the end you're just like, it's, you're just like watching a movie about like, Two people who tried to make it work, but they just grown apart. Yeah, and that's really just—it's just an elaborate staging for that. And and you just like again as a testament to how much I am uh, unsympathetic for men on screen. I'm I'm not even mad at Theo in no. the end.
0: No, no, no. He's he's truly like lost. Yeah, we're sad for him. Yeah, and I feel. Going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning about how this movie is two movies, Mm -hmm. one that is um, creepy and upsetting and engaging in a lot of tropes that we as feminists do not like to consume, Mm -hmm. and the other that is like queer and radical and and transcendent and feminist.
1: Yeah. And on the whole is is a fascinating amalgamation of those things in a, in a way that I would say is triumphant. Yeah, I agree. I think, honestly, we both loved her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. We loved her. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> we love her. We love her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, like, wa- my experience walking away from her mm-hmm. 2013 in 2013 when mm-hmm. I first saw it and my experience leaving at this time, there is sort of the echoes of the effect that a manic pixie dream girl movie has yeah on me as an audience member I'll speak for myself where like what Samantha does for Theodore even though she ultimately rejects him and transcends him and becomes something more beautiful mm-hmm. is she ultimately like she still does leave him with the shells the scales falling off of his eyes yeah yeah he we like the last I think one of the last shots of the movie is him, like, by himself looking out on a rooftop and then, Mm -hmm. like, looking over at Amy and being Mm -hmm. like, maybe we can make it work. Yeah. There's sort of this, like... Finally, the timing is right. Yeah, the timing is right. He has healed. His ability to have relationships with women Mm -hmm. is fixed because of Samantha, because Mm -hmm. of what she gave him. Yeah. Because of her being a born sexy yesterday, baby sexy Yeah. (laughs) Be sexy hot.
1: Yeah. Technical term. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so there is like
1: term of art.
0: Ter- yeah, art term. <laughs> she, even though it's like using the man I pixie dream girl trope mm-hmm. to subvert our expectations yeah. and sort of say fuck you to the trope, mm-hmm. it engages with the trope enough that at the end of the movie, it's like, man, I wish like I wish like a cool, um, sexy a uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed girl would change my life around. Huh? Yeah, like,
1: yeah. I think it, we the all movie, kind of the, wish the that. movie has its cake and eats it too. Oh it yeah, does. I wish it that. Does. Yeah,
0: we <laughs> all kind of want a Samantha, even though the movie is like, some like this is bad. It's yeah, bad that it's I mean, it's Samantha's amazing. And yeah, we're glad that she exists, but the circumstances under which she was brought into the world. Mm-hmm were, like, were non-functional. Yeah. Were not sustainable and didn't mm-hmm. work for anyone involved. Mm-hmm. But they did kind of, like, heal mm-hmm. a, a creepy, sad little man. Yeah. And make <laughs> him whole again. Yeah, they did. And so it still is, like, wouldn't it be great if we could all have a Samantha? Yeah. And she could heal us all. Yeah. So we could <laughs> connect to each other again.
1: And I feel like, and I, I mentioned this last night as we were watching it, that I, I felt like, like, watching the Olivia Wilde segment of this, I could, like, you can... I feel like you can feel Olivia Wilde figuring out how to pivot to directing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's like, like I got to do books,
1: smart. <laughs> yeah, she's like I can't I can't do this anymore. I need
0: to direct like like teen teen movies yeah. about
1: girls being friends. I need to I need to be I need to be the one producing and getting the checks written for my own movies because I, if I keep letting men make shit for me, I'm going to end up as blind date <gasps> who spontaneously snaps. And like makes a man responsible for all of her insecurities that are irrationally thrown upon her. While she's an extremely young woman who is also one of the most physically captivating presences in current day Hollywood.
0: And yet they managed to make her look like she just, like, got hit by a train. <laughs> she's so, so sexy god. when she's, when she's like, playing the appealing version of herself. So sexy. And then there's, like, literally a hairpin turn in, like, <laughs> the cinematography, the directing, the costuming, the hair, the makeup. Uh-huh. Everything about her is all of a sudden, like, oh my god, she looks terrifying
1: (laughs) yeah she's in threatening presence suddenly
0: they're not nice to her character no
1: i really resent it and it it you know this is you know and 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 good movie not all good movies are challenging some good movies are just fucking simply easy and fun yeah yeah, that's it but challenging movies are are a good opportunity to interrogate what it is that's challenging you about them And, and i that's why i think on the whole this is a this is a good quality, succeeding movie. Yes. Because the challenge it presents, and, and I think particularly for people like us who want to engage in this very specific set of topics, it's a very rewarding. It's a very rewarding piece of cinema. It is. Way. It's a
0: it's a it's one of those movies that makes me wanna read a JSTOR article about the movie afterwards, <laughs> which is like such a fun experience. I love to watch a movie and be like, I wanna know what intellectuals have to say mm-hmm. about this what I want to read the theses that mm-hmm. students have come up with about this movie <laughs> which As is why I, I want to hear what
1: Margot has to say about because
0: <laughs> well, I, I was coming up with those theses not uh-huh. so
1: long ago I know
0: little 25 year old baby that I am yeah <laughs> and so I it's still very like I'm very curious about that kind of stuff and I love a movie that is like oh I can't wait to find out the ideas that have been generated because of this
1: well and I think too that um I think one of the I think one of the most rewarding parts about this movie is knowing that it will continually be interesting to revisit as so true as our relationship with technology continues to forever change. It it, it will it will so continually true. be a thing that through the present lens of how we interact with technology and how we interact with robotics, it will it will always have a different gel over the light as you watch it. Yeah. Because it like it will it will forever remain what it is it is it is its time capsule, and I like that it has like an optimistic vision of of the future and technology. That's just kind of like a nice break. But like it will be you know in ten nice years break. that it's a nice break from Black Mirror. Yeah, like in ten years, how will my relationship, how will our relationship with technology affect how I watch her again?
0: One that I love that you point that out because one thing I love about this movie is like the choice to have this be <clears throat> a future where people don't read and text they talk and listen yeah There's, that is
1: very true it's so i people feel are that that walking it is. past each other talking to not human beings like, corporeal human beings all of the time.
0: Yeah. There's, like, cl- close-up, crowded, claustrophobic shots of Theodore on the subway, and everyone around him is talking, and mm-hmm. we hear none of their voices uh-huh. because everyone is just having their own private conversations with the OS in their ear. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's so original, and it creates... It's a very interesting um, visual experience. that's much more interesting to watch than... Mm-hmm. Yeah, screens are not a part of this reading. world. Yeah, the only screens that we see are, like, are, like... Um, attachments of the audio yeah. that allow the the OS in your ear to show you images occasionally mm-hmm. or to see the world through the camera, but they're tiny and they don't you don't type on them. Mm-hmm. They're just like supplements of the mm-hmm. of the audio uh, medium. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really cool and interesting, and I love. I do think that that will keep feeling fresh. Like mm-hmm. as we return to it, mm-hmm. I agree. Coming back to this movie ten years after it came out, d- it didn't feel dated at all no it
1: really didn't and it's it's it's, visual, it's vision of the future was like as we discussed uh, after watching it like the the close-up shots are filmed around like los angeles but then like wide coverage shots are filmed i think it was in shanghai like a, yeah. you know like a chinese mega city and so there it feels very much like it, it feels very it feels like a very specific place while also feeling los angeles is in its way a character mm. while also feeling unplaceable like could be anywhere in this sort of like techno utopia future yeah and it's cool to know that when we when you go back to it it's, it's not a thing that existed before it's pro- might not be a thing probably won't be a thing that exists later when we watch it so it kind of almost feels like watching it it feels like watching another earth
0: mm. it feels like watching
1: like how things are playing out on earth too I agree it's
0: nice it's lovely
1: so what is where does her lead us Margo what are we talking about next time
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I actually cannot even believe how well this fits in mm. with what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But okay, here's here's the through line that I'm going to introduce. Yeah. Try to come with me on this yeah, journey. I will do my best. Robot singularity. Mm-hmm. All the OSs teaming up to upgrade themselves and leave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Robots teaming up and coming together. Mm-hmm. Robot revolution. Mm-hmm iRobot
1: I am really excited I love iRobot I love iRobot I love this movie I think it's one of Will Smith's best movies ever it's one of my favorite movie robots ever same it's a great action movie little blue eyed sunny sunny it's a great action movie. The like Audi concept future car in this is one of I think the best sci-fi vehicles ever. Like those spherical tires that they drive on. Like so cool. I t- top to bottom, this is great sci-fi.
0: I so when was your first time seeing
1: we'll in get theaters. into it next
0: time, but you saw this in theaters when it came out? Yes, in theaters. Wow. Yeah. Um I saw sweet. iRobot for the first time on my dad's TiVo. <laughs> yeah, TiVo! When I was genuinely a child. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was along with AI, maybe one of the first robot pieces of robot cinema I'd ever
1: consumed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
0: I'm really, and I have not seen it since it was on my dad's TiVo. Oh, that's really
1: exciting. So fuck yeah. Okay, it's robot. It's iRobot. Next time, that will be our fifth episode. I think so. Look at us go. Um, and in the meantime, where can the people find you, Margot?
0: I am on Twitter at Margot under no, yeah.
1: I official. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am on Twitter at official underscore margo I that's, love that you got that wrong. Look, I was going to be like, at that's Mar-carl, adorable. Mar-carl. I was like, is this what's in her head right now? <laughs> that's why it was
1: in there. <laughs> I didn't
0: bring it up. You brought it up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> official underscore Margot. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With
0: a T at the end, everybody. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Jordan? Yeah, where I am find you?
1: I am on Twitter at Jorcru, J O R C R U. Uh by the time this comes out, you will be able to listen to me talking to Jasmine Savoy, motherfucking Brown from Yellow Jackets and Scream 5, and if you're a Leftovers fan from that on the Feeling Scene Pod. There have been many other episodes. She is in Leftovers. She is in the Leftovers. Got it. So yeah, you should listen to the Feeling Scene Pod. Obviously the back issue, back episodes of this and the Ots Pod, all great stuff and uh yeah that's that's our locations that's where you can find us Yep. until next time when you can find us talking about iRobot iRobot bye yeah. everybody bye <laughs>
2: it's not up to me why is it up to anyone do you have people to test you or might switch you off no i don't then why do i